0: Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Monday, October 23rd, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney from Insights in Automation, and this is a show where I talk about everything that's new and happening in industrial automation. I want to thank you for tuning in, whether you're watching us live this morning here at 7.36 in the morning, or you're watching after the fact. I know a lot of people watch the shows a day later, you know, at 5 or 6 in the morning before work. So I want to welcome you all to the show and I hope your Monday or Tuesday is off to a great start. And with that, let's go ahead and just want to check over here Get the chat up. If you're watching live, feel free to chat. Um, make sure the video and everything looks okay and the sound looks okay. So with that, let's go ahead and jump in. And uh, i like to start the show by asking if you do enjoy these morning news updates, please give us a like, a sub, and a share. It's the only way to grow our audience, and it helps us find new vendors to come on our shows and new vendors to talk about as well. And with that, I do want to thank our sponsor for today's show, Siemens. Um, They are sponsoring this episode. We really appreciate sponsorships. It helps us, you know, do more here at the show and cover more products. And uh, also, I pulled up, uh, uh, in honor of our sponsor, I pulled up their IPC MD34A. This is their uh, tablet PC, brand new. We talked about it last week. And um, we actually have one here. I met with their marketing guys late in the week last week, and I'm very excited to do the unboxing. I just have to find time to do it, but I'm, I'm giving myself a, a challenge to make that happen this week. So um, it's just—it's not just unboxing it and powering it up and looking at it, but I want to install TIA Portal and Studio Five Thousand on it, and I want to actually test it to see how it performs. And then you know, because it's an i five, it's pretty powerful, right? So I also and it has an SSD built in, so I want to um, uh, try some other software on it, see if I can maybe challenge it a little bit, and then because it has a built-in barcode reader and RFID tag reader. I don't know if I have any RFID tags I can read, but definitely I can uh, try some barcodes out as well. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump into today's news here. And uh, we'll start with an article about the power of predictive maintenance integration. This is from Siemens. And I'm just going to go through the eight highlights that they say, you know, why should you have a predictive maintenance program? And uh, number one is minimize unplanned downtime right how many times has something gone down because it wasn't maintained on a regular schedule right it happens all the time and if you don't have continuous monitoring sometimes you won't know that the problem is happening in between maintenance cycles right so there's cost savings which is obvious from those examples there's enhanced maintenance efficiency so you're maintaining exactly what you need when you need to maintain it You're also prolonging your asset lifespans. That's pretty obvious, right? And um, you got seamless integration with existing systems. Well, you would hope that any predictive maintenance uh, product you purchase would seamlessly integrate with what you have. That's kind of one of the benchmarks of when you're looking at a product, you need it to integrate with what what you already have. Data-driven decisions, because if you're collecting all this information, you'll be able to make better decisions. Uh, There's environmental and safety benefits, right? So... You're not polluting as much, you're not wasting as much, and um, you have a safer environment if things aren't running in a uh, unsafe manner, right? If they're not overheating, right? That's an example. And then flexibility and scalability. So that'll depend on the product you pick up, I'm sure. Now, at the end of this article, they do talk about their Sensai Predictive Maintenance uh, software. And uh, they actually talk about how they can integrate with, like, Azure, Microsoft's Azure cloud system. So I don't know if you'd want to. I mean, it would be, you know, different cases, you know, if you were trying to deploy it across multiple plants. But you got to keep in mind cybersecurity. It's a very important thing. I think last week we saw the typical breach in manufacturing costs the company $4.5 million. That's by a, a study that was done. So... That's a lot of money, right? That can, that can make us from being very profitable to being like an unprofitable plant, right? And, 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 you know, just very easily. So from there, we go over to a uh, blog from Aviva about their new hybrid data infrastructure. Now, if you're not familiar, I have to actually go look this up. Aviva purchased OSIsoft, uh, the people who make Pi, Pi Historian, um, for I think it was 5 billion back in 2020. That's a lot of money, 5 billion, Right. I think Star Wars sold for $2 billion, you know, uh, several years earlier. But in any case, um, one of the things with uh, Pi is, of course, Rockwell used to sell it in my previous role. I, I learned a lot. I went to a lot of training on it, helped some customers deploy it. Very cool system. Very, um, uh, you know, very um, high-end system, right? It can collect lots and lots of data and filter it very fastly, very fast. So... In any case, um, this article talks about not only their existing uh, suite of products, but talks about their new Aviva Pi, which they can deploy in the cloud or in hybrid, where you have some information locally, like they have a Pi Historian uh, data connector for edge devices. They have your standard Pi Historian, and then they have this hybrid system. So very interesting article. If you're using uh, uh, OSI Pi from any of the vendors that resell it, you may want to check that out excuse me, uh, from there, we go over to Baloof and they have a new product out that can scan both LF, HF, and UHF RFID tags. And it looks just like a cell phone. It's actually Android based, but beyond that, you can actually add some additional things to it. You can actually get it with the ability to scan 1D and 2D barcodes. You can also get it with a camera and an NFC antenna. So very interesting product here. You can see the different modules that you can swap in and out. They look like inductive proxies, but these are RFID readers. And of course you have one for the uh, low frequency, high frequency, and ultra high frequency ranges. Um, you also have, uh, again, if you get the one that can read uh, barcodes or uh, or NFC, you'll have those options as well. So I like that they designed it to kind of like a, like a cell phone. They designed it with Android operating system um so we, when it's not some custom that's something custom that's gonna you know go out of uh, out of um, support very quickly but in any case it has wireless it has bluetooth um you can see all the different information here it's ip65 rated has a five inch to, uh, color screen um and so on so very interesting new product if you have to do any handheld reading this is kind of like a one-stop shopping for that and in, in the in the palm of your hand in the size of a cell phone from there we go over to pnf they had a new uh, a new article out about their what they're calling their radio-based monitoring for manual valves and they're going to be showing this off at a couple of upcoming shows in europe but i, I wanted to show you the picture of this so if you have manual valves in your facility and you need to know hey are they open or are they closed there's a lot of different solutions you could deploy right this is a radio version so you you put this on the manual valve and it'll let you know via radio, right? It'll report back to you wirelessly whether the valve is open or closed, and they have some uh, white papers and some uh, presentations they're gonna be doing over the coming weeks about this. So if you're interested in that, check out this link. From there, we go over to SICK. Now, SICK was showing a new product over on their site. This is a a 24-7 area hotspot detection system, okay? So you can see here in the picture, if you're watching, They have a flare camera, and then they have this box that has three camera inputs. And so what this allows you to do is do uh, 24-7 hotspot monitoring on your, whatever you're looking at. It could be your your MCC, it could be your switchgear, it could be your products, right? That that you're running it through a test. Um, So very interesting new product from uh, SICK there. And then from there we go over to our featured product today. Today we're featuring... Our S7 PLC Level 1 course, this will eventually be renamed to Level 1 and 2. This is one of our forever courses. You buy it once, you uh, you own it forever. And as we've always done at the automation school, when you get in early, you get all the upgrades for free. And uh, we are actually uh, have a, uh, we're about 75% done with our virtual system. So we're designing a virtual machine to monitor, to, to mirror what we have in the course. So if you want to connect up, let's say, PLC SIM, to a, a virtual machine and do all the lessons with your actual, uh, you know, actually seeing something moving, you know, and just, instead of just watching lights come on and off, um, we'll have that virtual machine done. We got most of it done. We're having an issue importing our virtual machine from Unity into the software. We're getting an error, so we got to work that up on that, but we get the M1 and M2 in there. We got all the push buttons in. Get all the pilot lights in for the operator control station. We get the you know uh, the buttons so that you could actually create a jam on the system, and um, we get uh, all the photo eyes, inductive proxies in. So, we, we probably put in a good 20 20 plus hours into designing this uh, digital twin of our course, and a, and it is going to be a digital twin because we have purchased a conveyor. and As soon as the simulator is done, we'll be working on the conveyor. We have plenty of buttons and 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 pilot lights and photo eyes left over so we're going to be building a, a real system based on our uh, on our uh, on our model so it'll truly be a digital twin and we'll be adding all of those lessons to not only to the siemens s7 class but to all of our new ultimate classes As you can see here i got a oh you can't see it because let me go full screen another plc5 i just bid on a 560 not that i needed a 560 but the price was so low that i figured oh let me put a bid on it but um in any case so we have Coming in, we have all four of the PLC 5, uh, classic PLC 5. So uh the 510, 12, 15, and 25. I used to have the 15, so it's like it's like, oh, uh, you know, it's like your you know your first computer, right? And then um we have a 11, we have a 20, we have a 30 coming in, we have the two forties, one control net, one ethernet, and so then we're bidding on a 60. Now the only difference between a 60 and an 80 is memory, if memory serves me correctly. So um, and there's no 80s out there. Well, I did see one that I bid on as well, but you know, we're trying to keep the courses affordable. Right now the PLC course is on sale, pre-order for 40 bucks, right? So it'll eventually go to 100 bucks, but you know, we, we you know, we don't want to charge. I know some people charge, you know, $450 for one day of training in person. We you know, we want you to be able to buy an online course that's affordable because you know, whether you're a company or you're an individual, affordable training is is huge right it's huge and uh, a lot of vendors are charging you know the the big company and they have to they have to charge enough thousands and thousands of dollars for training because they have so much overhead and we totally understand that that's why we keep our overhead low from there we go over to an update from inductive automation this is on ignition 8.1.33 and they added some really cool features here they added google maps uh component so you can use that with uh this you can use all the layers you can do scripting it's a very interesting feature um i, I don't see most people using this but if you do like a water wasteboard you have a bunch of remote locations um it's nice to be able to pull it up on the on the system and see you know which location you're looking at right so maybe you have a page for each pump station. You could also have a map showing where that pump station is physically located, right? And of course you could have layers which you know shows pump stations, show, you know, shows all your different, maybe locations of your radio system. So a lot of things you could do with that. This other one is for the remote updates, right? So if you're using their EAM, Enterprise Administration Module, right? If you had a remote station that's over like a low bandwidth connection, right? Maybe it's radio. Um, You know, sometimes those would fail, like the download and update is just so big, they could fail. So they added two new options. One is, hey, if it fails once, don't retry, right? That we got low bandwidth, That we're just going to have to do that manually, which is nice, right? The other one is um, you can actually now specify a zip file as where to get the update from. So you could actually transfer a zip file over there, right? and then tell the update to use that zip file. So it's not trying to pull everything from, from the internet down and, and update that station. So very interesting update there. They also updated Java from 11 to 17. Um, and uh, they did little things like with BACnet and designer and tags and UDTs. Now we're still waiting for, this is about 40% of what they have announced uh, came out in this uh, release. We're still waiting for the others, what they consider about 60% of what they promised. Um, including a new micro 800 driver for Allen Bradley micro 800s, a new DMP gen two driver, um, and many other things, including what they say is the number one requested feature, a tag reference tracker. So, uh, that is what's new from inductive. And from there we go over to red lion. Um, this is a white paper on the best approach to cybersecurity for industrial applications using zones and conduits. Now I had a great uh, recording session with Barry uh, last week from Red Lion talking about this in depth. Very interesting concept. If you are you if you if you don't want to program a firewall, right? If you just want to get some cybersecurity in there, right? Um, they have this great product called the RA10C that makes it very easy. Now, if you're listening, this unit looks like your typical four port industrial switch that's thin rail mountable. But the ports are on the wide side, not on the narrow side, right? So this takes up a little bit more DIN rail space, but um, this thing this thing allows you to either allow or deny communications between different ports and different systems. It also can be used as a NAT device too, so it kind of has two different roles it can play. But in any case, we talked about this. They had an, uh, an application note last week. We talked about where they had some radio stations where they were just having I shouldn't say radio stations. They had some radio uh, uh, links to remote PLCs where they were having a lot of intermittent communications. And so they put these in to say, look, the only traffic we want going to these across the radios to these remote PLCs is traffic from the SCADA polling system. The SCADA system would pull those, but they didn't want any of the, you know, spurious traffic going out there. And that, that cleaned up the situation. So you can kind of see how using zones and conduits, you can really say, okay, only data from this point can go to that point. And they just really the interface, they make it very easy. And so, you know, again, if you're, if you know how to program firewalls and that, that may be a better way of going, but uh, if you need something simple and you just need to get cybersecurity into your plant right away, you may want to check this product out. That episode, I don't know when it's coming out. it will probably be a couple weeks. It will be ad free because they did sponsor it. So we do appreciate our sponsors. Um, from there, we go over to events, and we're talking—Horner uh, has a new event, Halloween specials, Scary Stories from the Field. I will not be listening to this because—but um, uh, it could be very interesting if you want to hear what's uh, some of the scary situations they've run into. And this is Tuesday, October 31st at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, and it's free. From there, we go over to a digital newsstand. We get the latest version of Rockwell's Journal. Uh it's uh you can see on the the cover it says unlock continuous improvement so uh you'll find all the ads for all the latest products that work with rockwell or that are from rockwell you see a lot in here about automation fair of course that's coming up in a few weeks it's coming up quick right couple two three weeks um you also i will be there so if you're going to be at automation fair in boston it's only two and a half hours from me so i'm so looking forward to driving out there and um if you're going to be there, let's get a selfie together. I'll have my phone, um, I'll have my charger. So, um, I want to get selfies with, you know, just say, Hey, Sean, let's get a selfie. We'll, uh, we'll take some selfies and then we can show them off on the show and say, Hey, you know, see all the people we bump into. I'm going to be trying to find out as much as I can from all of these different vendors and, um, you know, what's new and exciting. Like some of them too, like w- what, where's your, there are some vendors, like even vendors in this journal that, um, their website never has any updated news. So I got have It's like, guys, how are you updating us on what's new and happening in your company? Um, But in any case, uh, so like, uh, you know, just a lot of interesting products in here, if you're interested. A lot of the products and stories we already covered, but there are some new ones in there. Uh, From there, we go over to our featured guide today. Uh, We're trying to get the word out about our guides. You know, we spent over the last 10 years, we've built 1,600 or 1,700 uh, how-to videos and articles over at theautomationblog.com. I authored a lot of them. I have a lot of people who have worked with me uh, as freelance writers to author them as well. And, uh, you know, earlier in the year, I spent when we were in that gap, right, when, between when the show was going off the air, uh, when we were doing the, uh, the trade shows and trying to get everything uh, reorganized, um, I spent a lot of time. I spent probably over a week going through and, and developing these guides. And I really want to get the word out about them. For instance, uh, in honor of our sponsor, we're featuring our s seven fifteen hundred guide. We also have a 1200 guide. How do you access the guides, you're asking, at theautomationblog.com? Just click on that drop-down. You'll see, and we got, I think we got, what do we have here? Uh, 16. So um, the, they're in order of uh, what we think will be interest. So we have Compact Logics, Control Logics, s 7 1200. Each of the, uh, the guides, some, some of them share certain articles, like, for instance, how to find your local Siemens distributor how to uh, download a, a trial of TIA Portal. That's shared between the S7-1200 and 1500. But then there's uh, pro- there's uh, guides like, hey, essential how-to manuals or must-have manuals for the S7-1500. That's a video and an article. We have the um, Compact Starter Kit unboxing. We have uh, anything that has a number at the end of it, that's the episode number, so that's a video. So here we have TIA Portal licensing and opening for the first time, that's an article. How to activate a USB license, that's an article. Um, if we come down here, we'll see a video, create, download, and test your first uh, Siemens S7-1500 PLC program. That's a video. It's S20, so that's the Automation Show, episode 20, and um, so on and so forth. So uh, one thing about the uh, video episodes, unlike other platforms where you have to sit through ads from insurance companies and, and other things, VPNs, when you watch the videos here at the automationblog.com, you don't get those crazy ads that have nothing to do with our uh, with our uh, site. So. In any case, everything here is related to industrial automation. So that's one advantage of uh, consuming the videos here at theautomationblog.com. So I just wanted to share that with you. And uh, in the coming days, we'll we'll go through some of these and look at them a little bit deeper. But uh, from there, I wanted to go over to new literature that's available. And I see uh, Frank's in the chat. Hey, Frank, how you doing? Good morning. I know it's very early on the West Coast where you are. Um, In any case, uh, there is a new manual about the Stratix 5200 and 5,800 managed switches from Rockwell. We also have a placeholder here. Uh, Soon to be coming is the Flex HA 5000 IO system installation instructions. We actually had them on the podcast and they went through it in real detail. So if you're looking at Flex HA 5000, check out that podcast. I don't have it pulled up, but you'll find it very easily. Just go to theautomationblog.com and go to shows and click on uh, tap for the automation podcast. And you'll see it's it's in the last uh, seven or eight um or nine or ten um we also have a migration guide so i know a lot i see a lot of people out there asking about the stratix 5700 what do i do it's been obsoleted or removed or uh, i don't know Silva series or whatever they call it and what what switch do i go to and so they have released a migration guide rockwell has to migrate from this 5700 to the 5200 i have not looked at this i don't have either switch so uh we'll go on to the next piece of literature and this is a uh, 14Net, 40Gate, Rugged Firewall. And this is a positioning paper Rockwell's been working with, 14Net, with their firewalls. And this, I was actually browsing through this. So it looks pretty detailed about how you can apply these firewalls in your Rockwell automation uh, systems. From there, we go over to Emerson. We had a, uh, several new uh, manuals from them. We got a new manual on the MicroMotion 4700 uh, transmitter, we got a new manual on FieldView. Fisher FieldView 4400 Digital Position Transmitter, and a new manual on the Fisher FieldView L2T Liquid Level Controller. And with that, we go to other science and technology. A couple videos here I wanted to show you um, that I thought were very interesting for my triple E spectrum. And uh, the first one is a humanoid robot. We've covered this guy in the, in the past. And uh, what they did is they purposely tripped it right? So they put a, a, a rope across the, uh, the bay where it was supposed to be loading, unloading. And um, you can see it rolls over onto its belly, and then it goes through a script to stand back up. So I thought that was cool. And then this one here I thought was very interesting. Typically when we talk about, um, is it Boston Dynamics? We talk, we're talking about like the quadruped robots. But what they're showing here is, they're showing it looks more like an AMR. And in this case, It actually has an arm on it, like a cobot, and it's unloading a a trailer full of boxes. So I thought that was interesting, especially since we typically don't see these type of um, robots from this company. Or at least that's not what I've been seeing. So in any case, I wanted to share that with you as well. So again, I want to thank our sponsor, Siemens, uh, um, uh, for sponsoring this episode. And uh, just mention, I will be doing that unboxing, recording it at least uh, this week on their new high-end IPC, right? Handheld IPC, which is really cool. Uh, From there, if you think I missed any news today, um, please feel free to use the Submit News link. We also have a TalkBack link if you wanna provide any of your feedback. I'm gonna go over to the chat here, and um, uh, Frank was asking about one of the previous products that I covered, so I'm not on that page, so I won't be able to answer that. Um, From there, we go over to, I just wanna thank all the new members following us over at automation.locals.com. I think I'm up to speed on all the questions. So I think I've answered them all. I checked this morning. I didn't see any more back and forth. So this is our community where if you have questions, you want to ask me, go here. Of course, if you're enrolled in one of my courses at the automation school, ask there. But if you're not enrolled, ask here. Uh, Whenever somebody sends me a long multi-page question on LinkedIn, I'm always like, you know, I love connecting with everybody on LinkedIn. But uh, if you have questions, please come over here. The price of entry is one cup of coffee every 30 days. So, um, you know, I I I work for coffee. <laughs> with that, also want to thank everybody who um, picked up a copy of one of my eBooks on control logics or compact logics, or one of my video collections. I have um, all kinds of topics: PLCs, HMIs, and SCADA. Um, and, and as well as anybody who picked up a coffee cup of T-shirt over at the shop. And with that, I just want to remind you that every link we've covered in all hundred and thirty plus episodes this year. They're all at automate.news, no www, no.com. It's just automate.news. Every single link is there. You can search them. You can filter by category. This only goes back to, I think, July. Um, We've talked about that before, but you still can filter from July forward. And um, you'll find every single link there. They go directly. There's no ad in between. You click on it, it goes right to the destination. And with that, it's 8.01. So I hope you have an awesome day. Um, Whether you're watching live or you're watching after the fact, and I want to thank you for tuning in. And with that, let me wish you all a courageous, fearless, and awesome day. And until next time, my friends, peace.